Well, did you know we begin a new year today? Did you realize that? I know some of you might be thinking, ah, oh, Haskins, you're a couple of weeks early. Um, actually, I'm not. You see, the first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of the liturgical calendar, the start of the church new year. If you're not familiar with the church calendar, it consists of six liturgical seasons, helping us to focus our lives, our hearts, and our minds on the birth, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I find it interesting and instructive that we begin the church year by waiting. Throughout the scriptures, the people of God are guided to wait over and over again. Many times God instructed waiting as a test for the faithful's faith to develop and to grow and to call them along. I mean, think of Noah and his family waiting for the waters to recede after the flood. Think of Abraham and Sarah waiting for the birth of a child. In the Old Testament scriptures, how often are the people of God found waiting for God to deliver them from circumstances that are far beyond their control, from oppressive circumstances that are far beyond their control? The Holy Spirit had Jesus wait in the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus asked his disciples to wait with him and pray. Jesus instructed his disciples to wait for him in Galilee after the resurrection. And then he instructed them to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit once he ascended. The Apostle Paul writes how we, along with all of creation, wait, wait with eager hope for the day God will reveal truly our calling truly our deliverance as the adopted children of God that we are. Many of you might be familiar with Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, if I'm honest, <laughs> I'm not that great at waiting. When I'm stuck waiting places, I'm often asking why. Why is this taking so long? Why is Linda taking so long to have her turn in the board game we are playing? <sighs> why is the line not moving? Why hasn't a decision been made? Why has not my prayer been answered? Inspiration and lessons for our waiting can be found right here in our annual Advent wreath. We wait in hope. In our waiting, our hope builds. And may I remind you what true biblical hope is all about. Biblical hope is not about wishful thinking as I used to do back in school and probably you used to do back in school. Remember those days when you forgot about that test on that Friday? And you're like, well, I hope I do well on this. Biblical hope 
is all about eager expectation. Henry Nouwen writes, Hope is trusting that something will be fulfilled, but fulfilled according to the promises of God and not just according to our wishes. Biblical hope is always this eager expectation that you can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Almost like when you were a child and uh, you were so excited, you were just almost on your tippy toes. Remember those days? You got on your, you're like, whoa, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Some of my fondest memories of my daughter Maya is when I came home from a trip and she met me at the airport with mom. And, and she's there waiting for me to come through the exit and she's literally on her tippy toes like, I can't wait to see daddy. That's biblical hope, this tippy-toed expectation to see what our heavenly daddy is going to do next. When we wait in this way, peace grows in us, which is the second candle of Advent. Peace grows because we're not looking to ourselves, but we're looking beyond ourselves to the source of hope and peace. We realize it's not about relying on my strength, our strength, our power. We can cease trying to figure things out and trust in God's power, in God's strength, and in God's timing. As this peace-filled expectation for God to be actively involved in our life grows, joy is fostered, the third candle of Advent. Joy, mind you, is a gift of the Spirit, so is peace. It's not something you and I create, but it's something that the Spirit brings to our lives as a, as a byproduct of the Spirit's activity in our lives as he works to shape and transform us, which is the process we've been describing so far, is it not? We've taken our eyes off ourselves and we pointed them beyond us. We pointed them to God himself, trusting in God's promises and God's presence. Anytime we do that in big and small ways, our grip is loosened on our plans and our timing and opens, opens us up to the Spirit's activity in our life all the more. And one of the key byproducts of that transforming work is spirit infused joy. And how can we not grow in joy when we don't have to have it all figured out? When we realize the weight is no longer on our shoulders. This spirit-infused joy then only grows as we consider the last candle of Advent, the candle of love. We are reminded of God's great love for us through the extraordinary gift of a long-awaited baby born in a manger in the small little town of Bethlehem. The very first Bible verse I remember memorizing was John 3.16. Remember that? Many of you, I bet, know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. I love how the message renders Christ's love for us that we read about in Romans 8. 
Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not a worldwide pandemic that's in the footnotes. Not threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. So as we begin this new liturgical year in the church, may you receive this story again through our annual lessons and carols. As you listen and reflect on the lessons from the scriptures and songs we will hear and sing today, may it refocus your heart and your mind as you wait in eager expectation for God to work in this season of your life. May these lessons and carols lead you in the way of peace as you are reminded of the joy that only comes through experiencing the greatest gift of love ever given. The gift we acclaim anew for our lives here and now as we shall sing at the end of, our today, of today's lessons. Love has come down to earth Choirs of angels sing glory to God above, singing their praises for God's gift of love. All who are watching echo in reply, praising the God of love, awed by the wondrous sight, Christ the Savior is born. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of who you are. We thank you for the gifts that you bring us daily, here and now. And Lord, this morning, this Sunday morning, this first Sunday of Advent, we thank you for the gift of community. We thank you for the gift of song. We thank you for the gift of your scriptures given to us in love. May we experience you now through all these means of grace and may it prepare our hearts to continually make room for you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we love you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.